Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Tuesday, November 5th, 2019. It's the second day of the, well, it's the third day of the week, but second day of the work week. And what a topic today, kind of a crazy topic to be talking about, especially in this world of politics and schools and unschooling and ungovernmenting and all this stuff that's going on around us. I hear Christ say, we are a lawless country. We are a lawless world. And I thought, I don't know, when I was in Italy, it didn't feel very lawless. They have two tiers of policemen, some that are armed, most that are not. And I'm like, here, we're we're dressed like a SWAT team just to give someone a traffic ticket. Like, what's going on? Where did we lose sight? And I was a little scared to do the show because last night I was having a conversation with an, an attorney. And I said to him that, you know what, what if there was just one law, one law we had that would change everything? And he's like, well, what law would that be? And I said, well, let's just say that if you lied, you break the law. And he said, well, that's already true. And I said, yeah, but what if we just stopped it there? Like, what if we just, if you lie, That law is broken, but what your lie has done is where you get sentenced. He said, well, that's kind of already there. That's where it all started. It was to protect people from lying or others lying to them. And I said, but what it's become is that if you lie, it doesn't matter if you have a good attorney. Because then it's like the skill of the attorney and you get to get away with something and nobody gets to ask you if you really did it or not. And if the attorney knows and he knows you did it and he fights for you not to do it, how does that person reconcile that feeling? It's amazing how convoluted everything has become. And we are living in a world of catch me if you can. So this morning, with this time change, I'm still kind of not really with waking up on time and that. I'm waking up way too early, and this happened to me last year too. But this morning I woke up to hearing a car doors open and close twice. And I thought to myself, that's weird. What time is it? And I look, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, who's out there at 3 o'clock in the morning? There aren't any houses except for one on the side of me or across from me that has like a, a gate to get up their driveway and the whole thing. And um, I knew it wasn't them. So I'm like, who's out there? So 
I get up and I look out the window and I see this car, this guy walking around this car with a flashlight. And then I notice, because now it's pitch dark, right? So I go to a, a window in the house where I could actually see. I notice a bike behind the car. So I realized the guy opening and closing the doors to the car did not own the car. And I literally watched him and took pictures of him taking the car, stealing. I was going to call 911, but my phone, for some reason, would not go through. I dialed it. And then I thought, well, let me call a non-emergency number, and I could not find a police station in my area that was open. They were closed. It's like I called, and they are closed. And I thought, I can't really even report this crime. And I watched the man. I saw his silhouette walking. He looked like an older man. He walked like an older man. A little heavier, not that young, spunky thing that you see. And he carefully took his time with the flashlight walking around the car. He opened up the back. He opened up the doors. He kept going back to the front, going through everything. And then he closed everything back up and he closed the back of the truck and he couldn't get it closed all the way. So he bumped it with his butt backwards and I'm watching this whole thing. And I'm like, what a day to see this. But I took pictures. It's all I felt I could do with a timestamp on it. And I will call the police in the morning and I will let them know that hey, this is going on in our area. If there have been thefts in cars and stuff like that going on, this is how it's going on. I don't know what else to tell them. But bigger than that, I sit down and it's almost like, hey, that's wrong. You know, like that's wrong. But I don't want to go out and confront the guy. What am I going to do? He could twice the size of me. I may shock him, but I would be the one as well putting myself in jeopardy for possessions, which life and possessions, there is no competition, right? But the thing was, I go, wow, I called Christ. I know it's going to sound funny, but I have to lighten up the whole Christ thing. So I call him Krusty Christy sometimes. And I'm like, hey, Krusty, look at what I'm watching. Look at this. This is what we do. This is what goes on while we're sleeping. And he said, because the truth isn't the goal. And that's exactly what happens in all of our courtrooms. It's the goal, ultimately, that we want to get to it. But if somebody refuses to tell it, we are left to protect them while we find it. So I said, but how realistic is the truth to somebody who can break boundaries, cross lines, 
and not care about who they hurt or why. Or maybe their desperation is so high, or maybe they're so poor, or maybe they're mentally ill. There's a lot going on in our world. How do we create a world where we can decrease the number of laws we have? And what should be illegal? Going back to that. And he said, I told you before, start with the young. We are not going to change very far the people who are already older and already set in their ways. And how are we going to reach them at this point in time? But with the young, We teach them. Instead of courses about things that we may or may not know to be true, other than arithmetic and learning your language well, everything else is really a trade. We can teach trades to people, things that we can do with our hands. Because when we work with our hands, we heal many other things going on in our minds. I'm like, working with our hands, what does that got to do with anything? But we feel a part of where we are when we are contributors. And when we contribute to an area we are in, we innately don't want to hurt or take away from that area. When we are taught about consciousness and for young people creating community involvement, like a field trip means going to the park and cleaning the park as a group and seeing the difference when you're done. Or going to a home where old people live and don't see young people and get to see young people and they get to meet each other and speak to each other. And I thought, well, that's a lot of goodwill movement. I get that. And he said, that is it. We no longer focus on people. And because we don't focus on people, we are not surviving well. We have more hurt people, more mental illness, more physical illness, more diseases than we have ever had in the history of mankind. And that he immediately thought about the bubonic plague. Remember that? And it killed a lot of people. And he answered that thought. He said, but that was one thing. And once it did what it did, it brought attention to health care and preventing certain things. And that also started out from a point of purity. Just like the chemicals on our food, it started out like, okay, let's mass kill the bugs so we have more food available, not realizing that we were hurting ourselves. 
But the problem was that once we realized we are hurting ourselves, instead of laws to not continue to hurt ourselves, people block the laws so that we can continue to do so for profit. The minute the money came along, the people became second, third, fourth, and fifth. We became behind creating the problem to the illnesses, to the pharmaceuticals, to the hospitals. There became an entire matrix of people being ill and maintaining the illness and not really having a solution unless that person woke up somewhere in there and decided if they were far enough up in the game to change the way they eat and begin to heal their bodies. But the true crime, and it goes back to something I learned, and I can't believe how profound this is and has been since I learned it. And there are laws that exist today, but they're so fundamental that we have laws on top of the laws to the point where, well, how did you hurt them? Is this a misdemeanor? Is this a felony? We have different stages of how we punish, but we don't do it in a uniform way. So people still believe they have a chance to get away with whatever it is they are doing. There is no universal law to protect each other. There's only thoughts of protecting ourselves. And because of that, we gamble. We figure, oh, you know, I can steal this money. Nobody will ever know. I can hurt this person. I can barrage this person with my ill will. I can harass somebody. I can bully somebody. And maybe they'll engage with me and and fill that whatever's missing in my mind, keep me busy for a few days. But the problem is, once we start creating and doing crimes, we start finding ways to be better at it and ways to hide it, which force us to lie. So then, I know Christ is always going back to this, but he said it's truth, love, and purity. Those are laws. If you don't tell the truth, you've broken the law. If you don't act from love, you have broken the law within yourself. You know, every person knows what love feels like. Every person knows what love would do. But we don't act on it. We're scared to act on love. And it's much easier for us to act on anger. And I'm like, 
I'm all over the map on this. I don't get it completely. And I really kind of felt a little weirdly intimidated about doing today's show. But as I had the conversation, because I've, I've been up for a while today. And after seeing that guy, I thought, maybe that'll buy him enough food for a day. If he pawns whatever he took, maybe he'll use what he took. But why did he do that in the first place? What was he looking for that he thought could make his life better? And to me, that's just as as awful that somebody does to themselves, not to the guy. The guy who got ripped off is going to find out this morning when he or she goes to work. And maybe they left their car door unlocked because I didn't see any evidence of anything being broken like a window. But I'll find out when the sun comes up because it is still dark here. Or if you, you know, keep writing someone and you keep throwing up and throwing up and throwing up on them or calling them or texting them or finding a way to put them down because you need to put them down. I don't know for what you need back. So he said, you know, you can't really start with the older people because they're set. They're going to do what they're going to do unless they themselves want to learn. They themselves want to change. But the minute we break our own personal laws of truth and love and purity, you want to take someone's innocence away because once you're stolen from, what happens? You don't trust. Once somebody puts you down, what happens? You feel compromised in love. Our purity goes away because we think, wow, you know, there's evil in the world. I know someone said to me last night, I know you don't believe in evil. I said, no, it exists. I just don't participate in it once I know. If something feels toxic to me, even if it's coming from a good place from the person, it feels toxic to me for a reason. And to me, that's a sign that, hey, you know what? This isn't my playground. Just like seeing the guy stealing from the car. I wasn't going to go out and confront him. I wasn't going to be able to stop that fast enough. I couldn't get in touch with anyone who could fast enough. But I could take pictures. And I could use those pictures to let them know, hey, this is, if this is what's been going on in the area, let me show you what I found. And that's my part because that's all I could have done at 3 o'clock in the morning. But the laws start within us. So how do we start start to fix this? 
And we got to come up with like a 20-year plan because it's not going to happen overnight. But it will happen in increments over time. It's not going to take 20 years to do it. It's just that if we start now, we can build a better world one step at a time. We can start removing laws that we no longer need because they're covered by a bigger blanket law so that everybody understands what it actually means clearly. If we can teach lawyers, and I know this is going to sound crazy because half of them would be out of business, and I love, I have many friends who are attorneys. I was sitting with one last night for quite a while. That they are not allowed to lie for their clients in a court of law. If there were one law that we can just follow is that we will be in trouble just for lying. Forget what we've done. And even though that exists today, that the, the crime actually says that you've lied. I mean, it just focuses on what you've done, which was lie. And then what you did with that lie, who it hurt, Because the thing I learned was you don't hurt yourself, you don't hurt others, and you don't damage or destroy property. What I saw today, even though it looked like just a normal break into a car, violated all three. If you lie to someone and they act on that lie thinking it's true and they get in trouble, you've also violated all three. But the language we use can't be, well, you know, we broke into a blah, blah, blah. We lied about doing it. We all lie about doing what we've done, which means now that we've violated ourselves, what happens? Now, it doesn't matter who else we violate. Once we lie to ourselves, it's like free reign. We start lying everywhere. And then we lose faith in life when we lie and other people believe us. Because if they believe us, now we've lost belief in the world. Because we think, wow, people believed me and it wasn't even true. How do I believe anybody? How do I know if they're telling the truth? violation of, and it sounds so simple, and it actually sounds silly and maybe Pollyanna-ish and maybe far-fetched, but violating not only the laws of truth, but love and purity. That's what we are made up of, and when one thing is pierced in us, we spend our lives trying to heal from it. That is also what our world is made up of. And those piercings are so many now that we are breaking down 
from the lack of truth, from the lack of love, from the lack of purity that we see. Our communities now are movements or nothing's going on. I could have saw what I saw today and thought, oh, the heck with it. It's not me. Didn't happen to me. Happened to someone else. Well, that someone else is me. Just not today. At some point. But to have laws based on violating the rules of love or the rules of truth or the rules of purity. Every law goes back to that, but they're so complicated now. We don't even know. I don't know all the laws on our books. And there's a lot of them. Some of them stick out more than others because they've been violated more than others. But these completely complex, complicated matrices are now starting to work against us because a lot of laws are made to protect the people who broke them where I don't have to disclose this. We don't have to disclose that. We don't have to say that I can plead the fifth. I don't have to say the truth. If my client tells me the truth, I can lie to the court. And it's all a game now. And there is no game based on truth. What started out as noble laws, like, hey, you lied about stealing that. Hey, you lied about hurting that person. Because back in the day, we didn't even have technology to harass people in yet other ways. Back then, it was like, wow, you either did it or you didn't. And sometimes if you were the liar or the one, sometimes you couldn't even get a lawyer to represent you and they had state-appointed lawyers to do that or if you couldn't afford it. But the lawlessness all started because we violated truth, love, and or purity. It actually does all three. In teaching children, having classes that deal with consciousness, that deal with decision-making, that deal with boundaries and limits, that deal with what do I do when I witness something that's wrong? What do I do when I'm thinking of doing something that will hurt others? that will violate truth, that will violate love, that will violate purity. We need to talk about truth, love, and purity and create that to become the new normal for all of us to guideline in life. Because the more we talk about it, the more we recognize it in strength and the more we recognize its vulnerabilities and the better we learn to work with them. And what happens is the consciousness of all of us will rise to where the little things will matter and the big things will be less infrequency. It's like somebody who 
loved watching violent movies and horrific movies. And then over time, because they stopped doing those things or stopped watching, let's say, within a year of not watching and maybe just watching happy endings, just watching things that worked over and over again, your tolerance changes. And then when you see people do that, you, you, you can't handle it. You say, my God, what, what are we doing? What sense does it make to kill people? It doesn't change anything. It's like hurt on top of hurt on top of hurt. People think, wow, if we kill these people, if we do this, well, it doesn't change anything. It only hurts everyone. It puts everyone on notice that life is not to be trusted and lawlessness can be gotten away with. But if we start with the young and we raise that generation with an open hand and an open mind to raising the level of life, we have a chance. We have a big chance of making a difference in our world. Talking about love alone will begin to heal us. Talking about truth will give us the eyes to see what isn't true. I'm already doing it with young people. And I see the difference. And it's just a small microcosm right now. You guys, I only have 10 seconds left. Have a great day. Think about life on positive terms. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.